Hello, and welcome to episode six of the IP3 podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Rhea. And today we're going to be talking about RTNs, the Heavy Hitters CC format, and part the mist fail? Question mark? Just dropped today, like three hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Very sudden surprise. Sometimes sometimes you get paid off for recording the podcast a day late. Nice things happen. We're two days late. <laughs> Shh, nobody needed to know that. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's a it's busy busy time now in Fab. We're yeah. we're in peak competitive season. Um, you know, most most days of most weekends are gonna have events in some way, shape, or form. Possibly even armories throughout the week. Uh, and I know you had you had a mixed bag this past weekend. Oh, that's uh, one tur- way to put it. <laughs> tournament success wise, um, yeah. Kind of a tale of two days thing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because we're in. It feels like we weren't in a competitive season for a while, and now we're in road to national season, and ProQuests are already being scheduled for Amsterdam. Um, so the the machine has really kickstarted itself again, and we're going. Um, I played two Road to Nationals last weekend, um, and very, two extremely different stories. So the first one, I played Prism in both of them, uh, was a 1-3 drop. I won my first round, and that was it. And I just, you know, when you're not feeling it with the deck, it's so hard to pilot that you might as well just, just go home if it's not clicking. I went home, I regrouped, I rethought a few of my card choices. And I went to um, Four Horsemen in West Virginia and 5-0 Swiss, first seed, won my top eight game against a repair into a Kano. And, oh, narrowly lost in top four to a KO, um, the other hero with essentially the same name. Very different decks. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much couldn't be more different outside of the fact that yeah. sometimes you're just... Taking an absurd amount of damage. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the 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 craziest part of your of of your second day was the fact that you bested two and almost three KOs in a row. <laughs> well, or nearly so in a I'll, row. You had I one. Yeah, yeah, I'll one up you there. Um, so Sunday was the first time that I ever perfected an opponent. So I sit down the first round against uh, a victor. Um, he gets to attack once with a command and conquer. And then my first turn is uh, crack halo, tome, tome, genesis, genesis, passing. And the game is just over. 32-0. Um, so I, I had never won a game before without taking any damage so that was that was the first and then it happened again round five of swiss versus uh sorry round four of swiss versus a ko um which is essentially just was ko went first they were like you know what we're gonna gamble we're gonna cast bones turn zero they don't have an action point i'm like cool play genesis have a pop-off turn my turn one and the game was just over it's crazy so i did it twice in one day 
yeah, that's that's wild. And, and honestly, the only thing that I can imagine, the only way for well, brutes are one of the only classes that have any option to like fully yeah. play catch up from that kind of board state. Yeah. But you know, it takes okay. If if they if they rolled like four plus on scabs for their next two to three consecutive turns and could like maybe turn on claw a little bit or something, but like it's three auras in a turn, like two, two is the dream in old prism and Mm -hmm. new prism can just crank out. And and the fact that it's, it's not just like, Oh, here's I use mage master boots and put a bunch of zeros out. You're like, here's ALS. And then two other things that really matter in a crew crazy advantage for me. Now, to be fair, Old Prism used to have to do this as well before Everfest gave her the, just the really safe play a four-cost Spectra and a zero-cost Spectra in the same turn. Um, we just have to cheat because the chip damage doesn't come from the auras, so it can't just be two per turn. It needs to be like two and a Soraya and then capitalize on that damage over the next few turns as your opponent tries to clean up the board. Yeah. Um, sense. But yeah, three KOs in a row. Uh, funnily enough, the only of those three games, uh, the only one where a one was rolled was the game that I lost. <laughs> the other two, uh, it was always at least one action point on stab skins. So I, I was definitely having to work for it. I wasn't handed any free wins. Yeah, um, definitely. And you're the, the top four game into, well, it was uh, the the opposing KO who bested me in the, in the top eight match who went on to win mm-hmm. it all. Um, but yeah, that, that game was, that game was something else. That was a fantastic game. So KO doesn't really have a lot of evasion. Like occasionally they play a pack hunt and intimidate a card, but really it was just like, I know that I have to overwhelm Spectra to win this game. So I'm just gonna be really picky about my combo turn. And so I arsenaled, I think I arsenaled a merciful retribution. And I sandbagged a tome in hand for like three turns. It was just like KO was having turns, and I was just like block nine with three cards, pass, block nine with three cards, pass. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's finally a Genesis. And it was I was remember very distinctly, it was I was at 10 life to KO's 40. And he has an okay turn. I finally have drawn my my pieces. He passes to me, and I, I look at him, and I say, all right, now the real game starts. Activate Halo. And um, we almost got there. I think there was a couple of decisions I could have made in that game differently. Um, I missed a prism trigger that would have let me get the last figment out of my deck that could have let me protect Sechem and use the arcane to kill. Um, deck's hard so fun and it's very mastery rewarding i can already tell so i'm very excited for the future of prism but, yeah. uh, i i mean i wasn't the only one playing at that event you also were there with kind of the boogeyman of the format right yes yes the time has come i finally enjoy playing the i, I would he- certainly hesitate to say s tier because i don't I don't think KO's doing anything so singularly broken past S tier heroes. Uh, yeah, Lexi, but I do think KO's the closest thing that this format probably has to a to a litmus test. 
or or yeah. at least is the deck that's like everyone will have or better have a plan into KO or you're just going to get rocked figuratively. He's the, he run that he's the deck to beat. Um, that doesn't make him the best deck, but he is the deck to beat. You must be this tall to ride the ride. Yeah. Um, uh, how did that How did that go for you? Was there anything spicy in that list? Or were we both playing battle-hardened <laughs> winning lists? <laughs> um, no, there was a few, a few things different. And... Uh, no, nothing nothing terribly insane i don't think anything that i haven't seen spitballed across various uh discords or podcasts or articles um let's say the spiciest card that was in my list was probably sensor on the day um uh, just as that really... no yeah. that's spicy it was it was good it's you know if if you played into a decent amount of ko or played as ko a decent amount of the time um turns out a card like critical strike that uh effectively uh critical strike being a vanilla one cost five power attack that blocks for three in ko is a figurative six um and there turns out there are two versions of that card that are strictly better than uh actual critical strike that still um they basically just help smooth uh smooth out certain hands um you know you generally want to save your tunic resource for you know the the bigger explosive turns um, or save it for blood rush bellows things like that um but you know sensor and uh the other the other secret op um critical strike a la bingo uh turns out you know so most of the time most of the time bingo is just critical strike but like there's going to be some low percentage of the time where it's a snatch that's a three block, one for five, and you know you're going to feel pretty good when that happens. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a low percentage of the time. The the it's sensors a lot more powerful than critical strike compared than right. than bingo is compared to critical strike is is all I'll say. Um, I, I think that math checks out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. But you basically, you know, use it to smooth out some of the in-between mid-rangey turns. Um, you know, instead of burning tunic resource to swing, uh, you know, to like follow up a wild ride or something with mandible claw, um, you know, save, keep sitting on the tunic resource. Or if you don't have it, still being able to follow up with another uh, one for five has been really nice on the, you know, sort of the turn-to-turn cost structure. And sensor has real text on it too, um, you know. That like are, into yeah, there are definitely some nine of decks running around right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, into into Kasai naming Blade Runner is a pretty pretty easy layup. Um, I think I I think I hit with it primarily against opposing Leviathans, and I think both times in each of those games. I named Blood Rush Bellow because we had already seen an Art of War from each of them in either of the games that this happened. And at least one of the times, it was immediately fo- like followed up with Art Art of War. So I just, you know, I picked wrong, but mathematically I picked the the more likely power card to try and uh, are, are you ever supposed to go for Dread Screamer there because they play more than three of that card? Uh, yes, but it was early enough in the game that Dread Screamer wasn't really going to be a... Mm a factor most likely gotcha 
But uh, yeah, so I ended up four and two on the day. Um, I beat uh, Leviah, Victor, lost to Ko, beat another Leviah, and beat Dromai to go four and one mm. in Swiss. And then I lost to your top four opponent in the top eight round in the Ko mirror. So my two losses on the day were to opposing KOs. So KO mirror. I bet that's really interactive and fun. It's it it could be an acquired taste is is <laughs> is how I feel about it. It reminds me you know, so so there there are some elements of either old chain or briar or lexi aggro mirrors where sometimes you're just going to get out power carded and sort of out juiced on what your deck is doing and it kind of leaves you a little bit not not entirely helpless but a little you know there's only so much you can do okay well you blood rush bellowed me two of the first three turns of the game and i didn't i didn't see one until i was blocking to save my life you know it, it happens though that's just that's part of the the variance of the game but uh, I think there there are some opportunities to find edges in that mirror. Um, winning the die roll is definitely a big advantage. Uh, I, I so I actually it's, it's really important to tech for. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Well, look, if any hero can can tech for winning a die roll, it's Ko, right? It's brute. <laughs> We're ready to roll. Um, Nah, so so I actually I went I lost every die roll and was lower seed in my top eight match. So my opponents picked every time, uh, and so I was forced to go first in the KO mirror. And I even had I had guess the uh, optimal turn zero if you're in the KO mirror. What, what do you want that okay. to look like? The optimal turn zero is discard agile wind up, discard mighty wind up. Play cast bones, arsenal blood rush bellow. That's the perfect yes. turn zero. That is the perfect turn zero. So, so I had a very good, but not you know platonic ideal turn zero. So I got to discard an agile wind up, play a cast yeah. bones, uh, yeah. and I think I arsenal to bear fangs. Um, so also still, very good. Right, exactly. It's like I, I zero complaints about that. But, but did you have two agility after cast bones? I did. I did. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Because it's important to track board state. Because <laughs> I don't know. What if? I don't know. They'll, they'll someday we'll I'll be getting hit by like a runic reclamation or something, and it'll be important to have two. <laughs> well, when you play merciful retribution and you start pinging your opponent for one twelve times with all of your agilities. Oh, man. <laughs> what a what a combo for shapeshifter sealed. Oh yeah. What, what are you doing? I got a bunch of sixes and a cast bones and a merciful. <laughs> what are you doing? That sounds sick, actually. Really funny. Um, but I digress. But basically, so I I had like a great turn zero, only to be outdone by my opponent's turn one and two, that both involved blood rush bellow, and Ugh. so I. You know, basically, the the first one was enough to not negate what I was doing, but mm-hmm. you know, offset it a bit. And um, yeah, I kind of like my my opponent played well. It was it was a a good game, but uh, basically, the blood rush bellows kind of offset my great turn zero, and then you know, five six turns into the game, 
ish uh when i needed some some cast bones unluck on my opponent's part both of the cast bones that he played hit the full amount mm. or or rather one one hit five but on the same turn that we agile wind up or runner runnered and the other one hit the perfect six six out of six um mm. and the 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 five extra damage I could handle, but the agility on the following turn was enough that um, I spent the next four turns blocking out entirely with full hands and armor, and still died on the first cycle, fourth cycle of that. Gotcha. But uh, but it's interesting. There there are a few cards that can have an impact there. Sensor's one of them. Um, it's mm. you know a fine thing that um, arguably demands a bit of armor or a couple cards, um, and then. Uh, something that I saw out of, I think, at least to the KO opponents and possibly one of my Leviah opponents as well, was Humble, which I think is you know, yeah. not not terribly secret tech that uh, Humble turns all of KO's uh, fake sixes back into fives, which, uh, you know, does a lot of things. I, actually, I had a turn where I caught myself. I was very nearly going to let a Humble hit, or like, or like block... Block three on a humble and let it hit, and I'm like, oh, it's fine because on my turn I'll just discard this uh, agile wind up and cast bones. It's like fine; it doesn't matter if my cards are small this turn. And then I came to my senses, realizing that cast bones was going to real reveal a bunch of fives off the top, and that would be a terrible play. So instead, I blocked with it. Uh. <laughs> um, I kind of similarly had a real head-scratcher of a judge question in one of my KO games where I attacked with Victoria Archangel of Triumph and I banished for the soul ability, which says attack action cards your opponent's control have minus one power until the start of my next turn against the KO. And we both looked at each other and we were like, wait a minute, how does this work? <laughs> and what? so it, it was a very long judge call. It turns out the answer is if a card is not on the stack or in the arena, you don't control it. So you don't control the cards in your hand or deck or arsenal. So KO's ability still works because the sixes don't become fives until they hit the yard um, on like discards and stuff. But it does still like save some damage when I get attacked. Um, it was not quite the silver bullet I was hoping for it to be, though. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be that'd be a heck of a silver bullet. Uh, yeah, turns your cast bones in response. Crack Halo, shut your deck off. That'd be. I can dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. Well, it's Prism's got it's some funny because very interesting interactions. The judge calls are wild. It's funny because both of these events that we were at this weekend I, I think both of them were won by ko and ko was definitely like we said the the deck to beat of the weekend but if we look at the meta coming out of the week we'd actually see him in third place which shocks me personally um and the front runner for road to nationals wins kno the wizard very very easily mistakable for ko <laughs> armed and dangerous <laughs> Um, I, I feel like I wasn't expecting this one before I saw the data and I was sitting back and thinking about it, but then I'm like, wait a minute. No, I did play three Kanos on Sunday 
which like very good matchup for Prisma. I was very happy to see that. But like if they kept just feasting on the Leviathans and stuff that were vying for top eight, and I'm not there, yeah, there's they have a very real shot at at getting there to that finals. Um, yeah, I, I, kind of just seems like the meta is just very fair and not the fastest. And Kano's very good at beating that. Yeah, and and I think. You know, so so part of it is just actual representation, right? So we there were three K three three K nos in our yes. We, we were right around thirty players, I think, at that RTN. Yeah, twenty nine. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so ten percent of the field was Kano. It's not at all surprising that one of them converts in the top eight, and then take that a step further to where I think the you know the the people that are bringing Kano to rated events, like the 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 comp the average competency level of a Kano willing to bring that deck to these tougher events is going to be higher than that of a lot of other decks that just aren't as it, as crazy. It, yeah, it, if you see a Kano nowadays, you know that they mean business. Um, yeah. And wow, they were very good, giving me a run for my money, even as Prism. Yeah, which that which that's cool to hear because that definitely sounds like those games are more of games than OG Prism versus Kano tended to be. They are more games. It's still very lopsided, especially if the Kano doesn't go in with a very specific plan. Um, play Waning Moon. It's really good at destroying Ward. That's your little. That's a hint for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can't give away all the secrets, though. We have to save that for the How Do I Play Against X <laughs> series. We'll do it. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, I have to learn how to play Prism first, and then I can tell you how to play against it. That's fair. That's fair. I've seen I've seen conversations recently about people discussing how how the the, the new Prism mirror match goes, and that just sounds it's ridiculous. A real, to me. It's a it's a brain melter. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. It'll be fun to watch at some point, though. Mm-hmm. You'll get it figured out, and then you'll find a random unsuspecting prism and just crush him. Um, Back to the old uh, Everfest meta, where it was just about the skill gapping when it came to the prism mirror. I'm excited for that. I'm a, I am for sure. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, the opposite of the Everfest meta, we're kind of just in the most diverse place we've ever been at least for week one of rtns i think yeah uh i i could not agree more the fact that so so kano topped the rtn wins with a total of 12 uh followed by dash and ko with eight apiece and then dromai and victor with seven apiece and then Mm. you know we scale down to prism managed to win three and then we get the other heroes section and this is, I think, the most impressive part of this meta is that the other heroes section has 14 wins. That's, yeah. you know, the the Vincets, the Riptides, the Boltons, everything like that. But I don't know. I'd have to go back to verify, but I, I would bet that this is the first time that, you know, that other portion exceeds the top individual wins in a, in a season like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it probably depends on how many heroes down you go in terms of discretizing them all compared to the top few. 
Um, but it it definitely is uh, a lot of people sneaking in with wins. Um, the the top is interesting because like some of these decks I've been hearing a lot of buzz about and I was expecting people have been calling Victor Gold him for a while now. <laughs> um, if you have matchups where you win clashes, you just win the game. It's that simple. We all knew Dramai was good. Kate, Kate, I can't do it. Yo is the new kid on the block and kind of the de facto best aggro deck. I feel like. I feel like Bright Lights happened and Mech got their card pool tripled in size. And everyone was like, yeah, okay, I, I guess Dash is okay. And she just like top eights and wins everything. And still people are like, yeah, okay, I guess Dash is okay. I, that deck feels under-respected essentially always. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel like there's also an extra or at least in my mind, right? The The thing that kept dash from being an option for me personally is oh well now we're, we're getting a, a brute resurgence and mm -hmm. you know hard like smashing performance is incredibly strong <laughs> it's not bad it's not bad in ko yeah um, my my complaint with the deck is it's just so boring it's just all a bunch of vanilla it's just it's literally just vanilla um yeah uh, i and that's it that's you know, dash yeah. dash is like I'm gonna get max velocity off five times, and if that's good enough to kill you, I'm gonna win this game. And if it's not, yeah. I'm gonna be out of cards. But yeah, it's just you know I I messed around with it a little bit. You know the the boost variance and the uh, um what's the what's the shotgun the overpower shotgun? I'm just blanked on it. A Nobby blaster. Nobby blaster. Yeah. Uh, so try try it a few different versions, but. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't scratch the, the old, uh, itch the way Ko seems to. I think, Ko to me feels like what I always wanted Earthbriar to feel like, and I mean mm. that in the most complimentary way possible. Just mm -hmm. oh, you lob out some you tried damage. so hard to make Earthbriar work. I remember that. I remember that quite well. Yeah. Um, uh, it was. It was fine. <laughs> Not as good as Lightning Briar, unfortunately for me. Do you know what strikes me as weird when I look at this meta breakdown, though, is I'm shocked Azalea isn't performing better. Because it's like, it's pretty close to a 50-50 ended Kano. It's kind of just like whoever kills each other first. Dash, very Azalea favored. Um, I guess if they're running Tree Frog, it can get a little bit hard, but typically you can out-fatigue them. And uh, boost you just run over because they run out of fridge and are just a bunch of vanilla and you're disrupting them. KO, I've found to be pretty good for Azalea. Not like win all the time, but a reasonable matchup. You just Your disruption is very good and they have a lot of cards that don't block. And so they have a hard time blocking out 14 Dominate or just 14 even. Dromai is whatever. Um, I, so is it these guardians that are kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of wins that are keeping her pushed out? Because Victor and Bravo are hard. I will give you that. I think, I think, I think it's you can come at it from both ends. I think Azalea is another deck that's not, you know, you don't want to show up to a big event not being highly proficient on the playlines that you have to do because it's mm. it's tough and it's not always. Uh, completely intuitive. 
yeah. and it's easy to you know mess up mess up one turn cycle and you can't you can't afford to mess up one turn cycle in that deck because right now azalea is the closest thing to a rune blade in terms of like consistency or inconsistency on oh well this hand's all arrows or this hand is all buffs yes i'll die i, w- I wonder just, if that is driving people away because that you know i'm just shaking my head that our rune blade aficionado was saying azalea is a better rune blade than Vincent or Bolton or Viscerai. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying that, but she is on this list with her own number, whereas <laughs> Vincent and Viscerai and Bolton uh, got a combined two RTNs between the three of them. I think Vincent and Bolton each snagged one, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy over here <laughs> couldn't get the job I love, done. <laughs> I love that I stuck Bolton in there, and we just accept that Bolton is essentially a rune blade at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Light rune blade for sure. It's <laughs> you, you, your your hand, your, the power of your hands just like multiply based on how many cards you get to keep and some crazy pop off stuff. But I think I think the the decks that scored the highest number of RTN wins are decks that are very consistent in what they're doing. Hmm. Dash is a deck that's, you know, turbo Xerox in terms of... So either everything is, like, blue and blocks three, or it's your, like, handful of items. KO is 54 six-power attacks. Kano looks like a ton of variants until you watch a skilled pilot pilot that deck proficiently, yeah. and and it's really... Obviously, all these decks have variants, but it's yeah. a lot lower than it might appear at first glance. Mm-hmm. Dromai. Deck is mono red, curves low, super consistent. All the cards do the same thing. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Bravo, the original, you know, master of consistency and what he's doing. Uh, and then Dory and Kasai, both just got you know uh, a surge of of new cards and a few more mm-hmm. of each of you know the sorts of effects that they were looking for. Blade Flurry is a hell of a card. Uh, and yeah, so the top one, two, three, five, six, eight. The top eight finishing decks are all decks that are generally very consistent in what they're doing. I think the mm-hmm. only the one who stands out as the least consistent amongst those is probably Victor, just because yeah. matchup to matchup, clash mm-hmm. mattering, uh, or being actually favored just varies so greatly. But still, it's a deck filled with you know the good armor, lots of four blocks, lots of everything else blocks for three. Um, is this is this the secret mid-range promised land of Fab? Oh, he said it. He said it. Oh, no. It's not. It's just none of us are good enough at combo prism yet. <laughs> That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. in a combo meta. It's just no one can do it yet. Not consistently, <laughs> at least. Just Fab things. We We know this combo exists, but... Nobody has been able to pull it off consistently. Feel similarly about that uh, that Vincent deck we were chatting about the other day. Oh yeah. The 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 first combo that it, when everyone was like, oh look, you have Grimoire of the Haunt and a bunch of zeros that can be from Banish, so you can net a bunch of action points uh, and just like pop off on a quadruple gate turn. Except it's just really really hard to set up consistently. <laughs> I want Grimoire to be so good. I, I want Grimoire to be good so bad, I should clarify. I just love 
I love weird offhand equipment. I love reading books. It's just everything about that card does it for me. It's a ten, great cold foil. Ten out of ten. No, yeah. No notes. My, actually, my only note is that I'm sad that it's Shadow Rune Blade offhand. Get that mm. it has to be because it has the word Blood Debt printed on it, so it just has to be. But I actually, I will tell you my one complaint about that card, which is it makes eloquence tokens, so you feel compelled to buy a cold foil eloquence token. But you only activate Grimoire and make an Eloquence token when uh, when you're about to play an attack with or a non-attack that you want to give Doid into. So it's like, crack Grimoire, make my Eloquence, and the Eloquence goes away. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for three seconds, this board state looked classy as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting meta. It's it's tough mm-hmm. to know what to try and attack. Uh, I, I feel like yeah. those those top eight decks. There's definitely bad matchups amongst each other and everything like that. But uh, nothing nothing looks completely bulletproof. But also nothing is so head and shoulders better than than the rest of it. That this manager yeah. seems eminently. Uh, you know, pretty decently balanced. I agree. Best part about this meta, there's a lot of 90-90s running around right now where people think they're <laughs> favored into each other. That's how you know you're in a good spot in Flesh and Blood. <laughs> Skill game. Skill game. For sure. But, uh... So we found out today this meta will not last forever. There is a new set coming. Turns out Heavy Hitters was not the last set for Flesh and Blood. Which is crazy because um, they could have ended on their best set ever, arguably, are, and they're going to try it, it again. <laughs> it seems it seems like it is shaping up to be the best set ever, which is pretty wild, but very exciting. Yeah. Uh, about well, four hours ago now, um, part the mist veil was announced, along with its a uh, world premiere event. Um, this is pretty wild. So. Part the Mistfield coming in late May. Uh, or at least, yeah, May 31st, 2024. We're going to Mysteria. The long-awaited uh, trip to Mysteria. The long-awaited trip to Mysteria. And when I saw this splash art, I don't know about you, I nearly had a panic attack because I thought that was melted Icelander at first. <laughs> kind of damp, long, white hair, flowy blue dress wading through the water there's a moon in the background it i if we hadn't gotten the hypothetical blue illusionist on many pieces of art prior to that i would have been Mm -hmm. right there with you on who else could it be uh yeah but i think we uh i think our, our general consensus that it is probably uh this classy individual right here that i'm about to show uh, Mira Serana. Mira Serana. Um, the focus of so many pieces of illusionist art so far. I'm really excited if we do get this hero as well, um, because it will complete the natural progression of illusionists, which is we have the yellow illusionist, and then we have the red illusionist, and now we have the blue illusionist. I hope so. It just it seems like such a layup for that to be the direction that they're mm-hmm. trying to take it. I think I'm most intrigued by whether it will be a 
Mysteria talent illusionist, mm-hmm. or if it's finally just going to be the generic illusionist. Yeah, so so we have confirmation that we have a new talent for the first time in over a year in the game. But we don't they they've alluded that it like it's it's a very unique or weird talent, but we don't quite know anything about it more. I've been saying for a while now, because I also had suspicions that Amira would be in Mysteria or from Mysteria. I've had suspicions that we were gonna get some kind of like spirit or ancestor talent when we went to Mysteria, because it works with ninjas. Things like uh, ancestral empowerment and bonds of ancestry clearly have like very clear ties to that like uh, kind of ghostly spirit empowerment stuff. But it also just logically makes sense for illusionists as well, because like you are summoning the illusions of your front forerunners and stuff like that. Um, that that's that's my theory at least. There also is like the mist theory or water as an like an element. Because Mysteria and Arya do border each other, so we might be kind of returning to some kind of riff on Elemental. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I definitely my my, my instinct probably leans more towards the the spiritual side uh, of the theming. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to see what they cook up. This yeah. being the first talented set. So okay, so obviously. Feb 2.0 started with Outsiders. We got Dusk Till Dawn. That was Light versus Shadow. Got some new talented cards. Obviously, in a but, few spots, I know that they've gone on on the record to an extent saying they might might have played it a little safe uh, in regards yeah. to both of their new talented heroes. There, entirely reasonable given Chain and Prism's original histories in the game. Uh, but now we're getting brand new talent. For the to be completely unleashed under the Fab 2.0 umbrella, and I think I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what either what base of cards they provide for the the talented side of things, or you know, the the types of directions we might see with other talents in the future. I think it'll just be very telling. So I. I have a theory that most of the talented cards we see are either going to be class locked, like, you know, light illusionist cards or like mist illusionist, mist ninja, etc. Um, or there just won't be a lot of them. And the reason for that is if we look at the event page for the calling Tokyo, which by the way, the, the calling Tokyo is the thing. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. It's, it's sealed deck with eight boosters, uh, which is. <laughs> double what Bright Lights was and uh, two more than what every other kind of traditional Flesh and Blood set has been for boosters. Because Outsiders was six packs, right? It was eight for Team Sealed. Outsiders was six, eight for Team Sealed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and this is also, if if what I believe to be your your line of thought here... Yeah, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, then... It definitely seems like we will be back towards potentially a four class or four yeah. hero draft environment. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely suspecting four class. We might see something that has even more heroes than that, with like some of them are talented and some of them are untalented, um, and having some overlap in the class space there, but differences in talented or not. 
what we would expect 15 new heroes this year and we've seen uh four so far oh five yeah because it was just reiner that was um not new uh so we need to do another five more to stay on track right (laughs) that yeah that sounds right because i I don't think they're moving i don't think they've gotten to the point where it's four sets per year yet so i think we're still Mm -hmm. set for so if it's yeah so we need to do five or six to set and i guess it i guess it depends too because we haven't seen uh you know there's a world where we get new heroes in an expansion slot potentially too right so like there's oh yeah i i don't i don't know if that's something that they're they're looking I, at i slender star of the show i slender <laughs> star of the show <laughs> What does um, that even look like? Just the same thing, but you give two frostbites instead of one. <laughs> but you start right, well, with like well, an extra ten health lower. <laughs> let's pose this question then. So if we're if we're suspecting it's a four class set, what are the four classes go? Uh it's Mysteria, so it has mm-hmm. to be ninja. That's Slam that's Dunk. Slam Dunk. Just, just an assumed. The cover art and the vibe that I believe is associated with Mysteria. Second most slam dunk is illusionist, um, mm-hmm. and then obviously the, you know the key art kind of hints that way. Um, beyond that, I don't know. Um, is there a world where there's a new class here? Oh, what would that even look like? I I had been, or or maybe not even necessarily a new class, but I I had been thinking through. Um, you know, so obviously we have ninja as a class, and we have warrior as a class. Um, and I was thinking through like what a um, uh, more of a samurai, like Ronin style hero could look like in this game. And what came to mind was basically like hybrid ninja and warrior to an extent. But I don't really know how how you'd fit that together if you a tried to actually make it two classes or or how it would be different enough if you tried to make it its own class hmm. but yeah ninja and illusionists are the easy two for sure so so i'm really high on uh icelander copium still <laughs> <laughs> and my what i want to see here is ninja of course illusionist please um assassin i think Uzuri originally is from Mysteria. Um, That's true. Yeah, she's got the Mysteria border in her young art. And uh, let's throw in a cheeky wizard as the fourth class. Give us, give us mid-range, mid-range wizard back in Flesh and Blood. I tried, I tried Kano so many times, and it's just the the like it's combo in all of the wrong ways to make me enjoy it. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you definitely you you liked your frost hexes. Oh, I loved my frost hexes. I I think that uh, perhaps instead of wizard, or potentially in place of assassin, a way that you could potentially produce some um, pretty interesting split class cards um, mm-hmm. is uh, if you blade in there too. Right. If if you have Oh, I could see Runeblade. Ninja yeah. Runeblade 
wizard illusionist, and I feel like there's there's because enough... then you've kind of gotten arcane axis through the set of like nothing with ninja, a little bit in illusionist, more in rune blade, fully in wizard. I kind of like that, Kevin. Could it could be sweet? I don't know what a spiritual talented rune blade would look like, uh, mm. but also there's there's entirely the possibility that we just get. Um, yeah, so obviously we're getting a new talent, but not every hero in the set has to have that talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- it wouldn't surprise me if that is... Um, you know, so we've seen draft sets with more, uh, more heroes per class the last few times. Wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me if we get um, maybe some of those to, to augment the draft environment, right? Like like Benji is a is a seems like a good fit and is the type of hero with a non-conventional uh ability that you know the the split between benji and katsu and outsiders was really nice because katsu's like i would like these big numbers and these combo cards and benji was like uh give me some of these weird yellows and things like that and they just complemented each other nicely so i could see a world where you know if it is four classes there could be eight heroes. Maybe there's like a talented version of each class, and then their reprint or new non-talented versions go a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I wonder... This is like nearly a tangent. I wonder if we ever see draftable heroes where like in a set like this, that's a talented set, you have the token hero, which is like... Mysterio ninja or like an ancestor ninja or whatever but also there's just like new katsu is a rare in the set and he's just a ninja so you can draft this mono ninja deck and get there with your payoff that you like pack one picked one this really interesting riff on ninja i don't know i feel like the closest not it could happen Obviously, it could happen. Very easy mm-hmm. to make that happen. At the same time, I don't think that I don't think that's an avenue that they would go down. Like I, I feel like we would sooner uh, come across um, a set where, you know, so so heavy hitters has numerous numerous equipment available when yeah. you're drafting, mm-hmm. and I I think we'd sooner see a set that's heavy on draftable weapon options. And, you know, if you, if you, you know, okay, fine. Everybody can default to arbitrary sword that attacks for two costs one. But if you mm-hmm. draft, you know, uh, a hatchet to go with it or something and different, different cards could care about different combinations of the weapon pairs and that sort of yeah. thing. Um, you know, I, <laughs> It's funny because as soon as you said the word heavy hitters, I was like, oh no, they did that with the weapons, but it was way better implemented than if it was heroes. <laughs> I think I think heavy hitters is kind of like exactly what I was meant, but executed well and not an idea I had five seconds ago. <laughs> fair, fair. They, I think they put a little more time into the set than you did into that idea, so we won't hold it against you. <laughs> I do in heavy hitters. I do wish that the some of the rare weapon frequency was a little higher. Actually, so mm. I think those are the kinds of cards that. Uh, have the potential to put put people in a, a more interesting archetype or push them different ways. Like I would have a much easier time being like, I think I'd like to prioritize 
turning this brute deck into a Reinar deck. If you know, I, like I, I don't know that I've maybe one time in my drafting have had Ballbreaker passed to me, and that's a card that I would love to play in a Reinar deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Ko, it's fine, but probably still want Claw more often than. Not. Um, and and same way with uh, Miller's Grindstone. But the card, yeah, the card's pretty messed up and limited. <laughs> that's true. That that one is. Hot, hot streak out of all of them feels like oh. it could be a majestic and no one would bat an eye. Yeah, I I agree with the effect that it has on on the limited games. I agree with that. But yeah, certainly. Well, Mysteria or excuse me, uh, part Mistville coming in three months and uh, is making a big way or arriving in a big way. We had the celebrational in Queenstown, uh, sorry, in Auckland for... Uh... No, it was Queenstown. Was it Queenstown? Yeah, because Auckland sorry. was cheaper my, to fly my... to when we were looking. Oh. <laughs> Queenstown was like an <laughs> extra $500 per ticket. So it was like, ah, okay, can't swing it because it's just... Sorry, my uh, my Oceania um, geography is not the best. But uh, the Queenstown calling was kind of the world premiere event for heavy hitters. Um, and it seems like we're doing that again, this time in... Tokyo, for the first time, Japan is getting your calling. Uh, a long-rumored and long uh, called-for and desired location to have an event. Um, I am very excited. I would love to go. I actually uh, have a work trip that I'm coming home from three days before the calling weekend in Tokyo. So I'm not sure that the travel is actually going to work out. I'm, I'm going to miss it on the way back, but I don't know. It would, are, are you going to try to go at all? Because I'm going to try to make it work. I just can't make any promises. I Realistically, it's just not going to happen. Uh, it It's much more likely that I get to do like a double weekend right before U.S. Nationals because there's a mm-hmm. – nothing's been announced for it yet, but there's an SCG Con Vegas a week before U.S. Nats in Minneapolis, and so if if there's a if there's a calling or something decent sized, like I could potentially do that. But Japan's a different stratosphere of plane ticket cost and preparation and time, and uh, and then I also just yeah. have my niece and nephew's high school graduations the weekend after. So I just I'm I'm already going to uh... be traveling to Texas for that. So it's going to be. Uh, that's actually I'm gonna miss uh, I'm gonna miss part of the Mistvale pre-release weekend because I'm gonna be in Texas. Oh no! For that. But that's okay. It's all right. Well, it's I don't know. If there's a room blade, I'll be more disappointed. If there's not a room blade, uh, it's okay. But, well, we're four hours post announcement, and we already have drama. Can you believe it or not? Because um, so the the calling day one and day two. Uh, you'll have the option of playing with English product or Japanese product, because this is the first time they're localizing to Japanese. They're hosting events in Japan. Uh, top 8, interestingly, it's been pointed out on the website, uh, will only be played with Japanese products. And uh, turns out most people that play Flesh and Blood don't speak or read Japanese. Well, um, is, so there's, is it Top 8 draft? <laughs> Top eight draft, yeah. Yeah, well, then you couldn't do it any other way. This is your launch event in Japan. It's not like you can 
reproduce the same set of packs multilingually and then pass that in an <laughs> organic way. No, just, you don't think so? Yeah. Maybe we just put Apple Vision Pros on look, everyone and they can live translate the cards as they're looking at them. That's a better <laughs> idea than what I was going to propose, which is just get good. No, I'm just kidding. It's I, get, get I, the, I honestly, though, like for real, it, is it that hard to just memorize a hundred card arts like you just look in the bottom left corner is there a seven yes is there a three in the bottom right corner yes i'm taking the card it's that simple we'll see we'll see if it's that simple mm. I, I think i can't there's... wait for there to be zero three for sevens in the set by the way <laughs> <laughs> no no uh no herald of triumph proof true true poppers like that but yeah i i think it's interesting the sealed format too is going to be so, so he said is uh, uh, so so it's eight pack sealed. Mm-hmm. The counterbalance to you get eight packs to make your sealed deck is you have to play exactly thirty cards. And that that also says something to me, which is that if you if they didn't have that, the only reason they would add that rule, let me retry to try to rephrase that, is because without that rule, you could play significantly more than thirty cards. So it seems like they're trying to make this a high power sealed format. I, I'm not sure. I, what is that? What does I that think tell it us means, about set? It, it it gives me outsiders and bright lights vibes in where, where cards in deck count mattered more in either of those formats than they have before. Mm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's there's probably. I would guess that it's not a universally necessary thing, but you know I love to play my Riptide and Outsiders, but yes, I, it's, yes, you it's do. very easy to get fatigued as Riptide if if Azuri was just like, look, I got a pile of three blocks, let's see what you can do. And a lot of times, you, just blocking was good enough. You mean me and every Outsiders Limited match? <laughs> yep, yep, that would be it. Uh, and so I, I, I think that it's it's... You know, once once we get heroes and weapons and everything, I, I'm guessing it'll be it'll become apparent. Like, oh, okay, so everybody's limited to these 30 cards, so that you know X Y Z hero isn't just oh, okay, well I can make myself immune to losing to this hero by jamming 10 more cards in my deck because this class doesn't have evasion; they have something else going for it. That makes sense. I guess, you know, we're talking about the classes earlier. They're not really classes that have evasion. It's mostly just like raw stats classes, right? Ninja and Illusionist especially. Or not having a weapon. Or not having a weapon. Aren't going to have a weapon that can attack forever, at least historically. Uh, And and I think that's, you know, there's there's probably a hero who has, I don't have a real weapon syndrome, and I'm I'm guessing it's sort of intended for them. Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I hope that we finally see playable ninja weapons that are not harmonized Tradachi. I would love to see some sort of alternative tape because no one's playing Edge of Autumn. It's trivial to satisfy the Tradachi tradition. And, uh, you know, Searing Ember Blade doesn't really count. It's talented. Right. I, I, I want to see some kind of like alternative Katsu build come out of this in terms of not playing Tradachis. I feel like Katsu's probably just locked in, into Kadachi's, but like, but he was meant to, but other heroes weren't necessarily meant to. Hmm. I do, you know, so, okay, if you printed, you 
printed to Edge of Autumn fresh now with, you know, five years of fab hindsight, could you print that as a unconditional two go again for one? No shot. That's way too good. Could you print it with the Kadachi text as a two power for one? <sighs> with go again? Yeah, no, you're right. That's Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just way too good. Just means that like you can play every two for six, every brutal assault, and just have your whole deck be two card eights. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> except they except it chips for two on the first. Yeah, you know, you're quarter right. of that eight. You're right. I'm off it. Good call. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to go back to full Ninja Turtle Katsu. I, I'm wondering what a constructed format that has three legal illusionists look like. That a uh, weird matches. <laughs> so lots of lots of poppers, I would wager. Except not against each other. So it's... except not against each other, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I still think that's the coolest part of Wage Gold to me is that mm, uh, it's not a popper in the illusion it's it's a pop it's a seven power popper for everyone who's not an illusionist which just feels right yeah as an illusionist i take offense to that but <laughs> <laughs> uh as a room blade i take your offense and pop it with my seven power witch gold <laughs> that was uh, pretty good all right uh well any any other closing thoughts or Hmm. random conjecture what are you doing this weekend more rtns i've got one more i've got one rtn this weekend uh, i'm gonna play prism surprise surprise um uh i think after that i've got one draft rtn and two cc in the coming weeks and then uh i i, I got my invite already with the top four last weekend so i'm taking it a little bit more chill now don't have to play two every weekend yeah, that's. But right now, it's it's mostly just playing my thousand prism games, so I'm ready for the pro tour. So we're locked in. Oh, I'm locked. Yeah. Oh, it's... super locked. Gauntlet's been thrown oh, yeah. down. Dreamweavers have been cracked. <laughs> prism will at... make an appearance in Los Angeles. Look at this. There's the deck. There's all the secret tech in here that you don't know about because you can't see the cards, but they're right there. <laughs> they're right there. Follow our non-existent Patreon for all of Ray's secrets. Actually, wait, you have a Patreon. What am I saying? I do I do have a Patreon. You can follow me on subscribe to my Patreon on Hit Effect. Um, I'm a little bit quiet right now because Prism is not a seats or hero. It's a very real deck. But as soon as the Pro Tour is over, I will be back um, to spill all of my secrets and <laughs> share with the world um, exactly what that deck looks like. Yeah, that'll be That'll be that'll be a fun interview to do with. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not an interview if you're already on the podcast, but you know that PT champion. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, okay. I put it out there. I'll try. You. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a bit of a jump from uh, world top thirty two to PT champion. There's a, there's a few steps in there that I feel like I'm missing. Yeah, it's okay. You'll get there. I am gonna be being the menace again and playing KO or this weekend. Basically just the right call, I think. Yeah, it's 
dex, dexter's good the numbers are good mm-hmm. i enjoy playing it it seems to not yeah. have you know there's no glaringly awful matchups for the most part so uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna play that until i get my invite and then uh after after the invite is acquired spice it up a little bit it's been i haven't i haven't vincent played vincent in in a real event in a little bit now um Test, test. Or I do I do have one other spicy secret, but that secret's gonna stay a secret also until after the PT. But Interesting. It's not Vincent. Vincent's not not the not the secret sauce. But there is it is. is is it the turtle viscerae that I've been hearing so much about? No, it's not. Oh alright. Well we'll have to check that one out in a few weeks then. What yeah. like twenty eight days until the PT, I think? Oh my god. Not enough time. Yeah, literally four Not weeks. enough time. Not enough time. Gotta gotta draft a lot. Gotta play a ton of CC games. I took all next week off work for just... I, I wanted to sample it. I'm going to be a professional Flesh and Blood player for a week. That's it. That's, I, took, I took a week <laughs> off. Took a week off for a staycation. And I'm going to play a shit ton of Flesh and Blood. And I'm going to try and stream a bunch. It's, it's going to be great. I am jealous. I'm, I'm excited vacation. to watch that. <laughs> to watch that tiny journey. But all right. Well, I think that's uh, going to do it for today's episode of IP3. Uh, as always, I uh, would love to hear from you in the comments or on Twitter if there's anything you want to hear about, any questions you have for us about anything. Uh, we are continuing to roll the podcast out to more and more platforms i believe we're on Mm -hmm. apple podcasts now and another one that's apple related that i can't think of the name of we just hit overcast um, Overcast yesterday i think okay okay so we did it we're everywhere rss feeds (laughs) available uh soon we're going to be unveiling a new uh logo it's not not dramatically different but a lot uh, a little more professionally done, we'll just say that. You mean you mean something that I didn't make in five minutes in GIMP? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, the rest of this competitive season and finishing prepping for the Pro Tour and lots more fun Absolutely. to come from the IP3. So, as always, thanks for hanging out and we'll see you next time. Peace.